your students. In this episode, I will be summarizing the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet that almost everyone read in their ninth grade English classes. Act one begins with a prologue discussing how two lovers are destined to fall in love and take their lives. The first scene opens with two Capulet servants and two Montague servants arguing and starting a fight with one another. A member of House Montague named Benvolio attempts to break up the fight, but Tybalt, a Capulet, believes Benvolio is instigating the fight, which causes Tybalt to attack Benvolio. As the fight continues, the heads of the Capulet and Montague houses appear with their wives. Both wish to enter the fight, but their wives try to hold them back. Finally, the prince appears, causing the fight to end immediately. The prince decrees if anyone is seen fighting, they will be sentenced to death. As everyone exits, Benvolio, Montague, and Lady Montague remain, and they ask Benvolio how the fight started, and where Romeo is. Benvolio replies, stating he'd seen him earlier, but it seemed like something was troubling him. Romeo enters as Montague and his wife leave, and Benvolio asks what is troubling him. Romeo explains his love, Rosaline, doesn't love him back. Benvolio encourages him to think of other women, but Romeo is stuck remembering Rosaline. In the next scene, Capulet speaks to Paris about marrying his daughter, Juliet. Capulet believes his daughter is too young to marry, while Paris believes that girls younger than her marry and become great mothers. Capulet eventually agrees Paris can marry Juliet and his, asks his servant Peter to deliver invitations from a list of names for a party that evening. Peter has a problem. He can't read. Luckily, Benvolio and Romeo enter the scene, discussing how Romeo can get over Rosaline. And Peter asks Romeo if he can read the lists of names. Romeo helps, and Peter invites him to the party without realizing he's a Montague. Benvolio thinks it will be good for Romeo to go to the party, so he can get his mind off of Rosaline. Romeo only agrees to go because Rosaline will be there. In the Capulet house, Lady Capulet asks Juliet's nurse where Juliet is. Juliet emerges asking who wishes to speak with her. Lady Capulet asks the nurse to leave because she must tell Juliet something in secret. But the nurse stays, rambling on, making sexual jokes. Lady Capulet and Juliet ask her to stop talking, and Lady Capulet asks her if she'd ever thought of marrying someone. Juliet replies she'd never thought much of it, and Lady Capulet tells her to consider marrying Paris because he wishes to marry her. The nurse chimes in, saying he looks perfect. Then Lady Capulet asks Juliet if she could ever love Paris, and Juliet agrees to try. A servant enters declaring the party is starting, and people are wondering where Juliet is. Lady Capulet reminds her Paris is waiting. The nurse wants her to fall in love at the party so she could spend the rest of her days happily married. As Romeo, Mercutio, and Benvolio walk to the Capulet's party wearing masks and carrying torches, Romeo claims he doesn't want to dance at the party. But Mercutio encourages him to dance and counters all of Romeo's lovesick thoughts into sexual jokes. Romeo tells Mercutio he believes that he shouldn't go to the party because he had a dream telling him it was a bad idea. Mercutio says he's been visited by Queen Mab, a fairy queen who visits people in their sleep and gives them dreams. 
At first, the speech discusses the playful characteristics of Queen Mab, like her being small, but it quickly turns into a sexual discussion of how she gives sexual dreams to virgins, which turns them into women who will eventually have children. Romeo interrupts Mercutio in the middle of his speech, saying he is talking nonsense. But Mercutio fires back, agreeing that dreams are nonsense. Benvolio chimes in, telling them they miss dinner and will be late for the party. Romeo declares he thinks something bad is going to happen to him tonight that will result in his death, but he goes to the party anyways. As the party begins, Capulet encourages the guests, especially the ladies, to dance and enjoy their time. Capulet reflects on how long it must have been since they have celebrated a masquerade party, and his cousin tells him it's been 30 years. They bicker back and forth about how long it's actually been. Then Romeo asks a servant who is dancing with a knight. This is the first glimpse at Juliet, where he is overtaken by her beauty. Tybalt quickly notices Romeo at the party and asks a servant to fetch his sword. Before he can do anything, Capulet stops him telling him that Romeo is respected throughout Verona. He doesn't want to cause a scene at the party. Tybalt leaves in anger, remarking how Romeo's schemes seem innocent now, but they will later turn to bitterness. Grabbing Juliet's hand, the two complete a sonnet together, remarking on how he is a pilgrim visiting Juliet, who is a holy shrine. Romeo wants to kiss her, but Juliet argues back that pilgrims must use their hands and lips to pray, not kiss. Romeo kisses her, saying their kiss has taken away his sin. But Juliet retorts back that he gave all his sin to her. Romeo kisses her again to take back his sin. Juliet remarks he is a good kisser who, had, who has had some time to study. The nurse comes to fetch Juliet to bring her to her mother, and Romeo asks her who her mother is. The nurse tells him she is a Capulet. Romeo is shocked to find this out. Benvolio tells Romeo they should leave the party. As Romeo and Benvolio leave, Juliet asks the nurse who Romeo is. The nurse doesn't know who he is, so Juliet asks her to find out. As the nurse returns, she tells Juliet that his name is Romeo, and he's part of the Montagues, the Capulet's sworn enemies. Juliet is shocked by the revelation, and she is upset to have fallen in love with her enemy. Act 1 ends with Juliet being called off stage by someone, and the nurse joins her. Act 2 opens with a prologue about how Romeo has moved on from Mausoline to Juliet, and Juliet loves Romeo despite their families being enemies. Their passionate love gives them the power to meet one another. As Romeo walks from the party alone, he exclaims he must go where his heart is, which is to Juliet. Benvolio and Mercutio enter the scene soon after him, wondering where he's gone. Mercutio mocks Romeo about his love for Rosaline and Romeo hides from them, saying, Mercutio's never felt love before, therefore he can't truly know what love is like. As Romeo hides under her balcony, Juliet appears outside her window. Romeo remarks on her beauty again, 
and he mentions she should not hold on to her virginity. As she puts her hand on her cheek, Romeo wishes that he was the glove on her hand so he could touch her cheek. Once she starts speaking to herself, Romeo excitedly exclaims she is as beautiful as an angel. Juliet continues speaking about how she'll disown her name as a Capulet if he won't disown his own name as a Montague. Then she tries to reason that Montague is only a name. Romeo butts in, saying he would take a new name if she would love him. Juliet asks who is watching and spying on her, and Romeo replies, saying he won't use his name. Juliet asks if he is Romeo and a Montague. He states he is neither Romeo or a Montague if she dislikes those names. Juliet asks how he got to the outside of the balcony, and he replies that he climbed over the walls and no obstacle could keep their love apart. They discuss how if he is found, he will be killed. She asks how he knew where her bedroom was. He replies that love showed him the way, even though he stumbled upon the balcony and began spying on her. Juliet is worried his feelings for her will fade away while she will still have her feelings. He admits to her he will swear his love to her multiple times, but she doesn't want him to swear upon something that will change like the moon. The nurse calls for her, but she exits two more times to say goodbye to Romeo and tell him that a messenger will come to fetch him the next day. He hopes Juliet will sleep well and says that he will reach out to the friar for help. The next scene begins with the friar picking herbs, and he also thinks about how every herb and everything in nature produces different things like medicines and poisons. He also thinks about how nature allows for good things to be made, but nature can also be used for evil intent. He relates this to men as well as dating how men have the capacity for both good and evil. Romeo enters as the friar is speaking and tells him he is happy. The friar accuses him of sleeping with Rosaline, but Romeo replies he has forgotten about her and moved on to someone else. Romeo tells the friar he is in love with Juliet. Concerned with Romeo moving too quickly for Rosaline, the friar asks Romeo if he is truly over Rosaline. Eventually, the friar relents and agrees to marry Romeo and Juliet. In the next scene, Benvolio and Mercutio are looking for Romeo, and they find out from a servant that he didn't return home from the party last night. Next, Benvolio discusses with Mercutio how a letter sent to the Montague house by Tybalt because he wants to challenge Romeo to a duel. Once Romeo ri arrives, they give him a hard time for loving Rosaline, but Romeo decides not to mention his love for Juliet to them. Next, the nurse and another servant, Peter, enter the scene asking to speak with Romeo alone. All three of the men make fun of the nurse 
of the nurse's appearance. And Mercutio and Benvolio leave the scene mocking her. Romeo tells them he will catch up with them later. As he speaks with the nurse, he tells her to have Juliet meet them that afternoon at Friar Lawrence's cell to be married, and she agrees to pass on the message to Juliet. Juliet impatiently waits for the news from the nurse, and but the nurse decides she is tired and needs rest for a bit. Juliet pesters her until the nurse tells her the news that she will be married that afternoon. As Romeo and the friar wait for Juliet to arrive, Romeo discusses how his joy outweighs whatever trouble might be ahead for the couple. The friar warns Romeo to love in moderation or love slowly because that is how long love can last. Romeo arrives embracing Romeo and greeting the friar. She also thanks him for being willing to marry them. Romeo asks her to imagine how happy they will be in marriage, and she replies that her imagination tells her more than she can say with words. All three exit the scene, and Friar marries the couple off stage. As Act Three opens, Benvolio urges Mercutio to go home and avoid the Capulets, but Mercutio ignores him. They run into Tybalt, Juliet's cousin who wishes to take any excuse to fight against the Montagues. Mercutio instigates the fight by mocking Tybalt. Romeo enters the scene and Tybalt challenges him to a duel. Romeo refuses because he is now related to Tybalt by marriage. Mercutio is now angry at Romeo for refusing to fight. So he decides to fight Tybalt himself. Romeo and Benvolio attempt to break up the fight, but Tybalt stabs Mercutio underneath Romeo's shoulder. The blow heavily injures him, and he asks Benvolio to take him to a house where he can rest. He curses the Montague and Capulet houses for their feud, wishing a plague upon them both. Benvolio re-enters the scene to tell Romeo Mercutio has died. On seeing Tybalt return, Romeo attacks and kills Tybalt in anger. Benvolio tells him to run and flee Verona. After Romeo flees, the Prince Montague, Lady Montague, Capulet, and Lady Capulet enter the scene surveying the aftermath of Mercutio and Tybalt's death. The Prince asks what happened and who is responsible, and Benvolio tells them what transpired. Lady Capulet butts in, saying Benvolio could be an unreliable witness, and they should sentence Romeo to death for killing Tybalt. Instead, the prince banishes Romeo from Verona. In the next scene, Juliet excitedly waits for Romeo to return for their wedding night, not knowing all that had just transpired. The nurse enters the scene distraught over Tybalt's death and she first tells Juliet someone has been killed, which Juliet assumes to be Romeo. The nurse eventually explains that Romeo killed Tybalt, and he was banished as punishment. At first, Juliet is angry with Romeo for killing Tybalt, but she realizes no one will uphold his honor if she doesn't 
stay on his side. She defends Romeo's actions to the nurse, saying Tybalt wanted to kill Romeo in the first place. So he merely defended himself. Seeing that Juliet is unhappy with Romeo's banishment, the nurse goes to fetch Romeo so he can comfort her on her wedding night. Juliet gives her ring to the nurse to assure her Romeo can come to see her. Hiding in Friar Lawrence's cell, Romeo gets news from the fire that he's banished from Verona. Romeo said he would have rather been sentenced to death because exile is a, another form of death since he can't be with Juliet. The friar encourages Romeo that exile isn't the end, but Romeo is too distraught to listen to him. The nurse comes back to ask Romeo to go to Juliet, but Romeo is ready to kill himself with a dagger because he believes Juliet only sees him as a murderer. The friar tells him to man up and realize he would be leaving his wife behind to some unknown fate. Next, the friar tells him to flee to Mantua until he can figure out how the two lovers can be together again. The nurse leaves preparing the Capulet house, so Romeo can arrive without being discovered by anyone. The friar reminds Romeo to leave for Mantua by dawn so he isn't arrested for Tybalt's death. In the next scene, Capulet and Lady Capulet are talking with Paris about marrying off Juliet that Thursday. They believe Juliet is too overcome by grief over Tybalt's death to come down and see Paris. As they talk, Capulet encourages Lady Capulet to talk to Juliet about marrying Paris. Meanwhile, in Juliet's chamber, she and Romeo banter on whether it's really dawn or not. The nurse comes in to warn them that Lady Capulet is coming. They kiss goodbye and Romeo exits down the balcony. Lady Capulet enters asking if she is still mourning for Tybalt. Julia acts as if she wants to avenge Tybalt's death by killing Romeo herself, but she really wants to go after him to live with him for the rest of her life. Lady Capulet says she has great news that she will be married to Paris on Thursday in a small ceremony. Juliet freaks out when she hears the news, begging her mother to tell her father not to marry her off. Capulet himself enters to see how she is taking the news, and he becomes very angry once he realizes she refuses to marry Paris. He threatens to disown Juliet if she doesn't marry Paris. Capulet is so angry he says she can go be in the streets and starve to death if she doesn't marry Paris. Once Capulet leaves, Juliet asks her mother to not disown her, but Lady Capulet says she will do nothing for her. After Lady Capulet leaves, the nurse encourages her to marry Paris and have a good life with him. Juliet tells the nurse that she will go to Friar Lawrence's cell to confess her sins of trying to disobey her father, but she actually wants to go see Friar Lawrence to ask for help on how she can go see Romeo and get out of her marriage to Paris. If he will not help her, Juliet decides she will end her life. Act 4 opens with Friar Lawrence and Paris talking about his marriage to Juliet. The friar asks why it is so soon. 
Paris believes they're marrying quickly so Juliet can be happy again and doesn't need to grieve by herself for Tybalt's death. Juliet arrives at the cell while Paris is speaking to Lawrence. Paris tries to get Juliet to confess to him that she loves him, but Juliet fires saying she must confess to the friar, not him. Excited for the wedding, Paris kisses Juliet before he leaves the scene. Juliet asks the friar for help and he comes up with a plan. The plan is for Juliet to agree to marriage and drink a vial of sleeping potion that will make her seem like she is dead. The friar will send for Romeo to come and get Juliet and they can escape from Verona together. As Juliet returns to the Capulet house, she sees everyone preparing for the wedding. She speaks with her father telling him she was wrong to disobey him. Capulet is so pleased with her change of heart that he moves the wedding to tomorrow instead of Thursday. The nurse and Lady Capulet go with Juliet to help her pick clothes and jewelry for the next day. As they pick out clothes, Juliet mentions to her mother and the nurse she wants to be left alone that night to pray for her life with Paris. In actuality, she plans on taking the sleeping potion to be with Romeo. Juliet debates on whether to actually take the potion. She wonders if she can trust the fire. She doesn't want to wake up in a tomb full of dead bodies. She doesn't want to see Tybalt's dead body, which would be rotting at that point. She's afraid she'll go mad and kill herself with one of her ancestors' bones, being surrounded by so much death. As she is wondering what to do, she sees the ghost of Tybalt, who is seeking out Romeo. Despite all her misgivings about taking the potion, she decides to drink it anyways. The next morning, the nurse discovers Juliet is dead. Lady Capulet, Capulet, Friar Lawrence, and Paris enter the room to see if she's truly dead. And she is, or so they think. Friar Lawrence assures all of them she is in heaven now, a better place. He tells them to take Juliet to the Capulet's tomb in her finest clothes. Turning away from the Capulets, Peter asks the musicians who are about ready to leave to play a song called Heart's Ease. He wants a sad song to be played to ease his sadness. The musicians refuse and Peter insults them. Act 5 is where things really hit the fan. As a precursor, Act 5 contains depictions of suicide and death. Romeo's friend, Balthazar, delivers news that Juliet has died. He asks Balthazar to hire some horses to ride back to Verona, where Romeo intends on killing himself beside Juliet in the tomb. Before he leaves for Verona, he abuses his station in life to bribe an apothecary to sell him some poison. The apothecary is reluctant to do it at first because it is a crime to make and sell poison, but Romeo bribes him. After this, he heads for the Capulet's tomb where Juliet lies. At Friar Lawrence's cell, Friar John, a messenger Friar Lawrence sent to inform Romeo of the plan, tells Friar Lawrence he was quarantined before he could deliver the message to Romeo. Friar John explains he was suspected of having the plague, so there was no way he could have delivered the message. Friar Lawrence is afraid 
for Juliet to wake up in the tomb alone, so he rushes to the tomb before she wakes up. At the entrance to the tomb, Paris is mourning for Juliet, and he tells his page boy to whistle if anyone else approaches the tomb. As Romeo and Balthasar get close to the tomb, the page whistles to signal to Paris someone is approaching. Balthazar leaves Romeo, but hides in the bushes to see what he's going to do. Jumping out from his hiding spot, Paris wants to fight Romeo for disturbing the tomb and killing Tybalt. Romeo attempts to reason with Paris that he doesn't mean any harm and only wants to kill himself. Paris attacks anyways, and the duel ends with Romeo killing Paris while the page boy runs to get the city guards. Paris's last wish is for Romeo to lay him beside Juliet, and Romeo obliges. Romeo goes to Juliet's side and notices Tybalt's body. He says he will kill himself because it is the only justice he can bring to Tybalt now. For the last time, he kisses Juliet, drinks the poison, and dies. As Friar Lawrence rushes to the tomb, he runs into Balthazar, who tells him Romeo has been there a half an hour, and he leaves fearing he will be killed by Romeo if he knew he stuck around to see what he was doing. Friar Lawrence enters the tomb to see Romeo and Paris dead on the floor. Juliet wakes up and asks the friar where her husband is. The friar tells her to flee with him so he can put her in a convent as a nun for the rest of her life. Seeing that Juliet will not move, the friar leaves her alone in the tomb. Juliet goes to Romeo and sees a vial of poison in his hand. She kisses him, trying to get some of the poison from his mouth, but there is none left. She hears noises outside from the city watch. Using Romeo's dagger, she plunges it into her heart and dies. The guards enter the tomb to find the bodies of Romeo, Juliet, and Paris. They send someone to get the prince, Capulets, and the Montagues. They find fr the friar and Balthazar hiding. As they all arrive, the friar tells them everything that transpired between the two lovers. The prince reads a letter that was meant for Romeo telling him about Juliet's sleeping potion, and the prince tells the two feuding families that they brought on their children's death. Capulet and Montague agree to end the feud, and both of the houses agree to make statues of gold for the lovers. Now that we've summarized the play, we will hear from someone who has just recently read the play. Uh, thank you for coming, Stephanie. Um, can you tell us your name and major and you're in school? Yeah, I'm Stephanie Riley. I'm an English major and I'm a senior this year, but I'll be continuing on next year. Cool. Okay. Um, so what is like your first experience like reading or watching any Shakespeare plays at all? Um, when I was, like, nine, I watched the Romeo and Juliet on TV, uh, with Romeo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all love him. <laughs> uh, of course. And, uh, um, I don't know, I, like, couldn't stop watching it, so it's, it was, like, Titanic for me. It was just, like, I sat there, I was like, whoa. <laughs> cool. Okay. Cool. And do you have a favorite play? Um, I like Cerno de Bergerac a lot. That's my favorite. Oh, okay. I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, uh, it's Shakespeare, I believe. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, what's, what's like the plot of that? Um, 
Sereno. He's like not like the best looking guy, but he's really good with words. And so he tries to win over, I think it's his cousin, like distant cousin. And uh, he ends up using this other guy who's really good looking. And he just like gives him his words. And so like she falls in love with this beautiful guy. And because of the words. So like ultimately it's it doesn't end up well because Shakespeare. But uh, it's kind of like <laughs> like catfishing. <laughs> and yeah. she like comes to realize like, oh, like it wasn't even him. Like those aren't his like poetic words. And she doesn't end up with Sereno. And she like, I don't really know. She ends up like going off with someone else. And he just kind of ends up like, well, this is my life. <laughs> okay. Cool. Good, though. All right. Sounds interesting. Um, so going back to, like, Romeo and Juliet, like, um, who's your, like, favorite character in the play? And, like, why? That's tough. Um, I think I like, <laughs> stereotypically, I like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet the best. Yeah. Because um, I just feel like you, like, instantly have this connection between these two people. And it's just so intense that you're just, like... Like, you just want more with them. Uh, what do you think, like, uh, forms that connection early on? Like, is there interactions between the two of them? Or, like, what? Um, I like when they first meet, they, like, finish a sonnet together. And I think that is just so beautiful. Like, like I think it's mm-hmm. kind of like if, like, today, I guess, we, like, finish song lyrics together or something, uh, ultimately. But, like... They just do it so, like, naturally, and it's just, Shakespeare did a really good job, I think. Yeah, it's like love at first sight with yeah. poetry yeah. on the like side. Instantly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, do you think there's, like, an underrated character in the play that you like? Or, um, like, even, like, the main characters, like, do you think they're overlooked, or some of their character traits are, like, overlooked in any way? I think that... Uh, Juliet's maid is overlooked because I feel like she plays a pretty important role in Juliet's life and like kind of as a mother like figure like without mm-hmm. stepping on too many toes uh, she's super opinionated and <laughs> she's called out for it but yeah. I think she's pretty overlooked in that way yeah cool okay um, do you find any moments in the play like uh, frustrating or problematic in any way um, Juliet's age is pretty problematic. I think she's written as a 13-year-old, and that's yeah. so young. Uh-huh. And he's roughly 18, so that's a huge age gap. And I feel like I didn't even know that till this term, so, like, I was very surprised. Like, I knew she was young, but I didn't realize how young. Yeah. And like, I think that's a big no-no with Shakespeare, but I know he was trying to push boundaries then, so... Yeah. Well, and I think in today, today's society, like, it's definitely, I don't know, more of a pushy top topic for sure. And for sure. <laughs> yeah. And she, people that young back then married and yeah. It's, for it's sure. crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what advice do you think you'd give um, for someone who hasn't read Romeo and Juliet before? Or any Shakespeare plays, but maybe specifically Romeo and Juliet? I guess 
to always be prepared for a tragedy. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't don't hope for a good ending because it's not coming. Especially with that play. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, Shakespeare always has a way of like, I don't know, like finding a way to show like a deeper meaning between like their characters like in King Lear like you get into like the depth of the characters and it's pretty insane yeah and and it's dark holy crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah so do you think um like should you also like when you're getting into like reading like that first moment when you're like reading those bl- lines like is there anything like you should prepare yourself for like besides the tragedy like um are there any like i mean there's a lot of death and suicide in uh, romeo and juliet for sure yes um do you think there's anything that uh you could do to prepare yourself for that kind of stuff i think when you're gonna sit down and read romeo and juliet or any shakespeare play uh, you should mentally prepare yourself for uh, the touchier topics that are about to happen in the play. Maybe familiar self, familiarize yourself mm-hmm. with like the summary or something about it. Yeah. And uh, be prepared to like, it's kind of difficult to read. And you might have to reread it a couple of times before you understand what's actually happening. Yeah. And I'd also suggest having a conversation with somebody else while you're reading it like about it because I think that helps like help you understand what's actually happening yeah okay cool um is there anything else that you might want to like add about the play or Shakespeare in general or I've heard a lot about (laughs) um you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it (laughs) and uh I really like it uh I really started liking Shakespeare in high school, and it wasn't even with, like, a main Shakespeare play. It was, like, a parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, like, um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and it's just, like, so funny because these characters are, like, so minor, but yeah. they play, <laughs> they, they act like everything's about them, and it's really great. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I mean, ultimately they die, but, <laughs> like, naturally. <laughs> well, I mean, tragedy kind of runs with Shakespeare, so. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining us. And, um, yeah, uh, and this has been a Shakespeare summary podcast for students by students. For all for now, Shakespeare.